0: What's going on, everybody? My name is Pat.
1: And my name is Noah.
0: And welcome to another episode of Who's Got Next. Today, we're going to be continuing part two of our thoughts on the end results of free agency, rookie draft, and trades going into the 2019-2020 season.
1: Before we get started, be sure to listen to part one for the first 20 NBA teams that we've discussed and decided to talk about. We're starting off with New York today. Um, the big thing about New York is what, not what they have on their team, what they missed out on. They missed out on Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Kevin Durant. Oh, no. Basically everyone. (laughs) they got a nice young roster with Dennis Smith Jr., R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, and Mitchell Robinson. So they got a good young core to play off of.
0: Yeah, I mean, they've got Julius Randle as well there. But, I mean, honestly, there's not a lot to to say about the New York Knicks. If you want our honest opinion, just go listen to Stephen A. Smith's and (laughs) Max Kellerman's rant on first take. Um, New York is just about – what is R.J. Barrett going to do? Because oh, the cool thing, I guess, that as a New York fan, maybe you can look forward to is R.J. Barrett's passion and desire to be a part of this franchise, even when nobody else wants anything to do with it. So, like, that's kind of cool. But as far as basketball goes, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. A lot of, there's
1: not a lot of shooting on this roster either. R.J. Barrett wasn't a great shooter in college. Kevin Knox yeah. wasn't Wasn't great. Dennis Smith Jr. has not been able to develop a three. Randall, No. And Mitchell Robinson's never going to hit a three in his life. so. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I feel like R.J. Barrett was a decent shooter. Um, I don't know if I would consider him great or elite, but I, I definitely think he was pretty good. He's going to
1: have to adapt to that NBA three-point line, though.
0: Right, that's true. Yeah. So depending on how that adaption goes, we'll see how R.J. Barrett falls into line. Next team we want to talk about
1: that has kind of taking a big hit is Oklahoma City Thunder. Anyone who says this team's a threat to make the playoffs is lying. <laughs> they're not. They might not make the playoffs. Wow. Um, Chris Paul was kind of washed up. I don't think he's that good anymore. He's getting up there in age. He's not that same player who can carry a franchise like he did in New Orleans a couple years ago. Boo! <laughs> they got nice young players like uh, Gilgeous-Alexander and Stephen Adams. They're not carrying you to the playoffs. All right. I agree with
0: everything you said, except for Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the man, I'm telling you. I think that, yes, it's obvious. Chris Paul is old. This is not the Los Angeles Clippers. Chris Paul, you know, this is not him. But I still think Chris Paul is one of the more elite defenders at the one. I still think Chris Paul is one of the best floor generals in the league still. Uh, I might be overhyping him. Uh, just because I have a soft spot in my heart for him because he carries my Houston Rockets, NBA 19, uh, my career team. But I think Chris Paul can provide something for OKC. But uh, losing Paul George, losing Russell Westbrook, this team is is not making the playoffs.
1: And they also have a terrible contract on Paul. That contract's terrible for the next three to four years. I don't know if he makes it even through the season with Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. They might try to flip him to maybe Miami with Jimmy Butler. That would be nice to have him down there. Right. But this team's still young. There's some holes. Uh, don't have a really great small forward. Tyler Ferguson, um, Roberson, he might come back. I'm not sure what his injury's like. And not really a solid bench either.
0: Yeah. I am excited to see what Steven Adams will be able to do now that he has a pass-first guard on his team. I'm excited to see what he'll be able to do with Chris Ball there, but – Honestly, what I'll be looking forward to is, like, watching OKC's bench versus other benches of teams because they do have Schroeder. they got Diallo. You know, they've got a few more guys, Mike Muscala, Noel. They've got a couple of guys coming off the bench. I think this team has a little bit more depth than your average NBA team, but their starting roster isn't that good either.
1: They've got solid defenders. Uh, Chris Paul, Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel, Tyler Ferguson – Diallo, they're an athletic young team, but with no leadership. And Chris Ball's the best leader. Yeah. But he's old. Right.
0: So, OKC, um, I think the ceiling for OKC is first-round knockout, which is very unfortunate for Chris Ball because that's been his entire career.
1: Yeah. That, um, uh, he's not getting a championship in his career, unless if it's year 18 and he's just on the bench. Right. Just there to be there.
0: I disagree. Chris Paul's to go. No, I'm just kidding. I, I think Chris Paul would definitely have to be like a come off the bench player to be on a championship roster. Um, let's move on now to the Orlando Magic. This is the exact same lineup. You know, you've still got Augustine, you've got Michael Carter Williams, and Markel Fultz. That, that point guard roster, That's that's a decent point guard roster. Like when one guy subs out, the next guy who comes in isn't that much of a lower skill cap than the other person. So, you know, maybe this one position can make something for this team, but I don't know. I mean, you've still got the same team. Jonathan Isaac at the three. Aaron Gordon, who's your superstar. Vucevic actually is your superstar, followed by Aaron Gordon. Um, With the center and a power forward being your best two players on the court, there's a problem there. Because definitely. there's no shooting, there's no ball distribution, it's just big guys going into the paint. Obviously we know Aaron Gordon does more than just low block post-ups, but I just feel like it's a Magic team. Because they're in the East, simply because they're in the East, their playoff cap – I mean, they'll make it into the playoffs maybe at like an eight seed, but I don't see much more coming from this team than we saw last season.
1: It's definitely a loaded point guard position. Maybe Markel Fultz can take a step up and be a decent point guard – I'm kind of confused about that shoulder injury. It's one of the weirder things in the NBA. He just had this weird injury that came out of nowhere, and we never saw him get hurt. Right. Like miss free throws, like, horribly. Yeah. They got Evan Fournier, he's been a solid role player his whole entire life, can shoot the ball. Terrence Ross, who a lot of people wanted in free agency as their sixth man, I'm surprised he stayed in Orlando. He could have been on a better team. Jonathan Isaac's great. Eric Gordon, I want to see him develop a better shot. Still athletic beast. Great in the pick and roll. Oh yeah, for sure. Mo Bamba got a song after him. That's about it. It It's about it. (laughs) He's not that. I don't think he's gonna be that good. And then Vucevic was a first-time All-Star, so he could improve.
0: He had an okay rookie year, right? I mean, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything special, yeah. Um, but for a center coming off the bench as a rookie. You know, it wasn't terrible. So, it, it is nice that when Vucevic goes out to still have a massive guy in Mo Bamba to come up behind him and to be that person. Mobamba definitely needs to get some weight on him. Definitely. He's kind of a little body for center. He needs to get some weight on him. Um, I think we see the
1: same thing from this team. Yeah, they're max seven seed. Yep. I don't think they're going to be much other than that.
0: Right. I think it would be safe to move on to Philly. Definitely. Maybe spend some time in Philly?
1: Philly's got a very interesting roster. Starting five is probably one of the best in the league, with Ben Simmons at point guard, Josh Richardson at shooting guard, Tobias Harris, who I love, at small forward, Al Horford at power forward, and Joel Embiid at center. After that, you don't have much behind that starting five.
0: <laughs> no. You sure don't. Um, you know, you. honestly, like, you've got Neto, Korkmaz. Trey Burke. And it's the third – I mean, this – so this Philly lineup, I think it's really going to depend on health. Can you keep Joel Embiid healthy? Can you keep Joel Embiid healthy? Al Horford is kind of getting old. Can you keep Al Horford healthy? How much load management is Al Horford going to need in order to be ready for the playoffs? Um, Is Ben Simmons going to be able to shoot the
1: basketball from past 15 feet? I'm guessing no, but we've seen some videos of him doing good in some pickup games, but that's it's pickup. It's pickup, <laughs> yeah. right? So if
0: if Ben Simmons can become a threat from the mid-range, at least the mid-range, then obviously it would need to be from the 3. If Ben Simmons can become a threat from behind the arc, then this team really can serve some problems for teams they are going up against at least the starting lineup. My biggest fear for the Philly roster is their bench, as you said. I feel like This starting five can really make some moves, really get the ball rolling, and then when the bench comes in versus, say, Houston's bench or the Lakers' bench or or the Clippers' bench, that gap is going to be too wide for the starting five to cover. However, this Philly team does have a lot of chemistry now. Obviously, you added Horford and you added one or two more guys, but Simmons and Embiid, your one and your five, have had a – several years playing together at least, um, followed by Tobias Harris, Richardson. I, I think this, what's going to really unite this Philly team is their chemistry.
1: Another question with this team is who's closing the games for them. They're down two to three points. Who's going to take that game-winner, game-tying shot? There's no shooting. This is going to be a crowded paint. If Ben Simmons can shoot, that helps them out a lot. But that paint's going to be so cluttered with guarding Simmons and Embiid. Embiid's been a great three-point shooter for a big man, but it's still around thirty in the 30% range. It's right. not consistent enough. Obviously, yeah, you want him in the post in the, in the final minutes, but everyone's just sagging off their man in the, just to cl- uh, crowd that paint and make it difficult for him.
0: 100%. It's like if you're down by three and obviously trying to get a foul call is not going to work, you give the ball to Tobias Harris or Richardson – to clutch it up for, for behind three. That is a very poor situation to be
1: in. You don't want to be with that. Tobias Harris has been a great three-point shooter, but he's not really a great ball handler, so he's not going to be able to get enough separation. Richardson, I, he, he might have to be that Jimmy Butler for him who's going to close these games. I would. I don't know how that's going to work out for him.
0: Right. I a lot of people have Philly as their number one, and at first I did in the East. Now looking at this team again and dissecting it and looking at just the absolute absence of shooting, we're going to have to see how they do. They're going to blow up the regular season. They're going to pop off. Easily could be a one, two, or three seed in the East because it's the East. I would not put Philly anywhere below three. Um, I would have them at one or two. But when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to crunch time, the teams that are shooting three-pointers are always going to beat the teams that are getting dunks and layups. So we'll just have to see how Philly can adapt. Now, one team that we won't have to worry about in the playoffs, Phoenix Suns.
1: What do you like think about every the year Suns? with Phoenix Suns? We say they are just a young core. Devin Booker's a great scorer. Can he be a leader though? Is the question. He can he lead them to a playoff spot? I don't. He hasn't had a great roster around him. He's got Deandre Ayton now. It's a great pick and roll, and they got Kelly Oubre Jr still not a great roster. I don't know what they're really doing with all these draft picks down there. Right. Devin Booker can probably average close to 30 points.
0: Yep. It's just like this – yeah, it's great. This team is young, as you said. In their starting lineup, their oldest player is Ricky Rubio, who is 28. Everybody else is like 23 and younger. De'Andre Ayton at your starting center. Miles Bridges is, is 23, I believe. Oubre is, is 23, I believe. Devin Booker's got to be around 23 as well, somewhere around that, that paint. So you have Devin Booker's team where a 28-year-old and R- Ricky Rubio, who's been in the playoffs before, who's been about this, who is really, uh, who's really just like been in the playoffs before and can do some things for this team, now is coming in. How is Rubio and Booker going to mesh? How are they going to play together? I think Ricky Rubio is really going to have to take this almost like pass-first type position to mesh well with Devin Booker. But then if he does that, he's playing on the Suns. So who's he passing the ball to, right? It's either going to be Booker, which would be option A, but every team's going to be doubling Booker. So then you've got Oubre, Bridges, or Aiton. Aiden had a decent first year. I'm excited to see how he, he develops. Did. If Aiden can develop, if Aiden can get some more weight on him, he's going to be a monster center in the league. But as it stands right now, I just don't know what the Phoenix Suns can bring to the table. I wouldn't sleep on him, though.
1: DeAndre Aiden had an underrated rookie season. He averaged 16-10. and 10. We don't see many rookie big men coming in there and doing that. That's true. It, Doncic and Young definitely outshined him, but he was great for them. Can he, I would like to see him get to 22 and maybe 12. Would be, I would think that's a reasonable expectation for him. They need to get some more leadership in that locker room. Booker's going to have some monster games. He could have probably dropped 60 a couple times. Just after that, they just need to get, just get some more players in there that are better.
0: Right. I want – if this Phoenix Sun can mesh really well, learn each – everybody have that good locker room chemistry and on-floor chemistry – they might surprise some people. You've got Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre. Then in the power four position, you've got Miles Bridges, followed by Dario Saric, who He's has proven to be very, very good. He's a great role player. He's huh? a fantastic role player. He can shoot a little bit, not very consistently, but he can shoot a little bit. He can drive a little bit. He's confident with the ball in his hands. He sets very good screens, good as the roller in the pick and roll. Then you have DeAndre Ayton, followed by Aaron Baines in the center position with C. Diallo, following as a third sub. Obviously, what we want to focus on is Aiden and Baines. Aaron Baines is a great not player. a bad player to have He's a good NBA behind. player. He's a good role player. He does well in the um, NBA. Unfortunately, he's the guy that you always see on the other side of the posterizers. I feel like he's getting dunked on Yeah, but he's, he's not
1: scared to challenge someone. Exactly. Like JaVale McGee, he just will jump at everything just to try to get that block.
0: Exactly. And I don't believe Ricky Rubio is scared either. So I think these young guys need to see what it's like. To see older guys in Baines and in Rubio really take charge and say we're not afraid of the better teams, we're going to be who we are and play through that. Definitely. On, in all realistic, like in all realism though, this team, I don't know. They, I don't think they make the playoffs. I think their ceiling cap is maybe they sneak in at eight.
1: They would have to have a play out of their minds all season. Out of their minds. And that's just a crowded west. It's just someone's got to take all these losses in the west from these good teams, and I think Phoenix is going to be that team to do it again.
0: For sure. I think they'll develop. They'll be very good. But Phoenix's problem is that they're in the west. You put this Suns team in the east, they may have a playoff caliber team. All right, speaking of consistently playoff caliber teams, Portland Trailblazers, talk to me a little bit.
1: Portland, I like their core of Lillard, McCollum, and Whiteside. What I want to see from this team is them put together some sort of trade, go after Kevin Love so you can have hopefully Lillard, McCollum, Love, and Whiteside. I think that's a great starting five, along with Rodney Hood at that small forward. I think that could possibly make it to the Western Conference Finals. But what they got right now, it's the Lillard and McCollum show. Oh, yeah. They're going to keep doing their thing. They're not really great defensively. I would like to see them be better about that. And then they got good depth too. Zach Collins, Scalabissier, Pau Gasol now, Bazel-
0: Kent Bazemore. Bazel- yeah, they got.
1: It's a great good roster. I'm sad that they lost four zero to Golden State, but I would like to see them maybe get a few games in the Western Conference Finals this year if they could right. get there.
0: What I mean, what's the deal with Nurkic?
1: I don't know, man. He's he's probably not gonna be back this season. If not, he's gonna be late. He's got He really hurt his leg, didn't he? Right. I know
0: Nurkic got injured. I just cannot remember off the top of my head the seriousness of it. But I thought I heard somebody say that he was going to be coming back in at the beginning of this season. I'm not so sure because it was it happened in March, you know, or, or did it happen in March? I'm unsure. Either way, Nurkic was a baller. Nurkic still is a baller. And I feel like if Nurkic can come back and be healthy, this Portland team really can serve some problems for some of these other um, Western teams. Is it Western or East? West. West. Oh gosh. These <laughs> these Western teams. I, I think that like if you think about it, just from the center position, if Nurkic is back healthy, just think about having Whiteside, Paul Gasol, Nurkic, right there. That is a that is probably the best center position in the league. Like those three together, as far That's as all. subs goes, um, that is so would be such a nice balance to have. Even if Nurkic doesn't come back full health, this Portland Trailblazers I think is going to be similar to the Portland Trailblazers that we see every year. The Trailblazers that blow up in the regular season, earn their playoff spot, and then fight really hard for the first few rounds and then get knocked off by the Golden State Warriors. However, the Warriors are not the Warriors this year. Now you're worried about the Rockets, Nuggets, Lakers, and Clippers. And I think that this Portland Trailblazers team – if we sleep on them, could serve as a surprising upset in the playoff seats. My personal list, I have them around the five, like anywhere from four to six. I don't see them going anywhere lower than six, but I don't see them above four either. Um, It's just the name show, you
1: know? If they get Kevin Love, do they make the Western Conference Finals?
0: Who do they – see, the question is, though, who do you lose?
1: They would probably lose Zach Collins, definitely. Scalabissier and maybe Bazemore?
0: If, if they don't lose a lot. And, and probably some draft Kevin picks Love, in there as well. Right. If you don't lose a lot and you pick up Kevin Love, this is a totally different team, I feel. Because now you're a threat at four positions instead of three. So I think that this would be a completely different team. Um, and, it, and it would all depend on how well does Kevin Love, Hassan Whiteside, Pau Gasol – how well do these guys fit into this system, and how well does the bench – in because this is a fairly new bench. You've got Bazemore, Hazonia, you know, some of the other guys that we listed. How well are they going to fit into this Trailblazers um, system? Because this is looking like an almost different team. You, obviously, you've got your core, the engine of the team, and Lillard and McCullum, But other than that, this is looking like a totally different team, especially if Nurkic is not healthy in back. There's no telling. I think there's a big question mark around Portland that I'm very excited to see how well these players can
1: mesh under the coaching. They did beat a good Nuggets team in seven games. Sure did. They're not underrated. They're not a bad team. They're going to be competitive in the playoffs. The West is going to be a battle to see who gets it there. They're going to put up a fight. They're not going to just lay down and get knocked out. 100%. Lillard hit that great shot on – Paul George, which I don't know what he was doing on that play. The clock was running out. He should have come up a little bit closer, but he still hit a probably, what, 30, 40 foot? That shot it was, ridiculous. was crazy.
0: He ended the entire OKC franchise with that shot.
1: Yeah, the, the team broke apart after he broke their apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he took their soul. Oh, my goodness. And then they got good role players with Bazemore and Hood. Maybe Mario Hazonia turns his career around while he's there. And then they got great leadership with Paul Gasol. And Willard's and, um, still there. Right. And they got a great head coach. I think Terry Stotts is a great coach.
0: So I, I think the position I have, Portland, is at – I think Portland is in, a, is in a very good spot to upset the statistics. I don't know if they're in a great spot to be your one or your two or your three seed, to be those powerhouses going into the playoffs. But I think this is a wonderful team to say, you slept on us. Look at what we're doing now.
1: And maybe Lillard and McCollum have learned a little bit to take it easier in the regular season so they have a little bit more juice in the postseason. Right. So maybe maybe they end up being like a six or a seven seed but could still upset some of these top Western Conference teams, like maybe Utah, and make it to the Western Conference back and have more energy. Exactly. All right. De'Aaron Fox and the Sacramento
0: Kings. De'Aaron Fox, self-proclaimed greatest 2K player, self-proclaimed fastest player in the league. Supported by Buddy Hield, Harrison Barnes, who is then going to be subbed in for Bogdanovich, Marvin Bagley III, and Dwayne Dedman. I, I like this um, Kings team. Because if you're talking about the, the one position, you've got De'Aaron Fox, who's followed by Corey Joseph and Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy, we know, was a key player in Virginia's uh, championship run this year. Could defend, could the shoot the, the ball. Four. Sure can. I know he's not going to be getting a lot of touches. He's going to really have to prove himself in the regular season to develop into a great player. Um, if Kyle Guy pops off and becomes a superstar, right, which I don't know, in my prediction, I don't less think it's going to happen. happen Super yeah. less likely. But if Kyle Guy can become a very good spot-up shooter, can become a very good role player, play some. if he can be like a, a poor man's Klay Thompson for 3 and D, obviously he's way worse than Klay Thompson. I'm not, I'm not okay. comparing it to – I'm just saying if he can be a 3 and D type player, um, he'll serve a very good role on this team. Muddy Hield, we know what he does, but I'm excited to see Trevor Ariza on the bench for Buddy Hield. I think that this team finally, the Sacramento Kings, finally has some depth that's actually not trash. Because what was happening is De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hield and um, Harrison Barnes, I'm pretty sure he was on their team for a few years. Yeah,
1: he was there last year.
0: Yeah. They've just been going crazy and competing with high-level teams. And then the bench comes in, and it's like a 40-point blowout by the time they actually sub back in. Finally, this team has some bench players that can say, hey, uh, De'Aaron, you know, you don't you don't have to play 40 minutes for 82 games. Okay, we, we, we can play some of those minutes if you'd like. Um, I don't think the Sacramento Kings is all that they're being chopped up to be. Um, but, but I think that – I think they've got – A bright future ahead. I think they can do some some good work on the bench. I'm
1: a huge fan of De'Aaron Fox. I think he's a great point guard. I think the Lakers were crazy for not taking him instead of Lonzo Ball. Um, Buddy Heald, I think it's safe to say that Sacramento won that DeMarcus Cousins trade. DeMarcus Cousins got hurt that first year in New Orleans. They got so much in return, and he's probably not going to be in the league anymore after this injury. Which is crazy to say. Yeah, it's weird to think that. but. I've never been a huge fan of Harrison Barnes. Even back when he was on Golden State, I didn't like him that much. He was very inconsistent shooting the ball. Always been athletic though, I'll give him that. Very true. Marvin Bagley I like a lot. Dwayne Dedman, great big man for them. Going to set great screens for De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. Can roll to the rim, catch lobs, finish at the rim, play great defense. With a crowded West, I don't like this team to make the playoffs. If they were in the East, I think they could be like a four or five seed. Right. But there's just too many good teams in the Western Conference for this team to do make any noise. Yeah.
0: And for like the fifth time we've stated this, I think the ceiling for this team is the eighth or seventh seed. Maybe,
1: right? Maybe. I mean, they were like one or two games out of it last year. Right. Which they would have got team. swept in the first round. Right.
0: And now they're a much better team than they were last year. Yeah. So we'll see what they can do. It's just the West is just way too crowded. Like there's just so much happening in the West. Um... Yeah, I, I think that this Kings team can serve another year of development for De'Aaron Fox. Um, and that yield, they yeah. can
1: just get a few wins, improve. I would like to see them make the playoffs. I just, it's hard for me to see them doing that with there's so many good teams out there. I agree.
0: So talk to me then about Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs.
1: Popovich is a mastermind. That's what it is. They got a great point guard position with um, Murray, Patty Mills, Derek White. Lonnie Walker could be a good shooting guard for them. I would like to see him come in there and be good. I think he got hurt most of his rookie season, so. DeMar DeRozan, oh, still can't shoot. MVP. Still can't shoot. Man, whatever. <laughs> Will he yell or develop a jump shot? Probably not. Well, not. T- he can close games for them. He's a leader. He is a leader. All-around good guy. He is a good guy. Pretty
0: cute. I mean, <laughs> frick.
1: <laughs> uh, probably not. Maybe make the eighth seed. I'm not sure. Again, the ceiling for this team is probably the seventh, sixth seed. Yeah,
0: I would. I would say the ceiling for this team would be six or five. I'd put them a little more above, like the Suns and and Oh yeah, like definitely that. better than them. Um, I think this Spurs team, simply on. The fact of experience.
1: And just they're the Spurs. They always make the playoffs. To what right. they do. Like they just you rarely see them. I haven't missed the playoffs in like what twenty seasons.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've got the greatest coach in basketball. You've got experience constantly being in the playoffs. That's what you're fit to do. That's what it's expected of you. That's what you expect of yourself if you play for San Antonio Spurs. I think that this Spurs will be the best of the worst. Or the worst of the best, however you'd like to put it. Um but my only problem with this team, well maybe not my only problem, but my concern is
1: lack of shooting. Yeah uh, Bellinelli, uh, Damari De- Carroll has not been a bad shooter. Patty Mills, uh, yeah, it's not a lot of shooting, but Marcus Aldridge can stretch the floor from time to time.
0: Right. I think in comparison to some of the other teams in the West definitely. there's a lot there's a lack of shooting there. Um, and as much as I love DeMar DeRozan as much as I love his game and his unstoppability when it comes to driving into the paint um, if DeMar DeRozan is your superstar there's a problem Uh, DeMar DeRozan should if you want a championship caliber team DeMar DeRozan should always be the second guy or the third even Um, that breaks my heart to say that I don't know if you could hear it from from your car radio or whatever but my heart broke saying that but I, I think that The San Antonio Spurs have a lot of pieces, a lot of pieces, which is very good, which is what keeps them in the playoffs. But if they could trade some of them pieces for a star who is above DeMar DeRozan at at the guard position, then you could really have a playoff caliber, a finals caliber team.
1: I think you're underrating LaMarcus Aldridge a little bit. He's still great. He's not the same LaMarcus Aldridge that was in the playoffs for Portland. He still can shoot the ball, can post up. Great pick and roll, and can do the pick and pop. DeMar DeRozan and him are going to be a great combination, and you still got Rudy Gay in there, who's been a great player his whole entire career. Been shipped around a bunch, but he can still put up numbers. Oh, yeah. And then after that, you still got Greg Popovich. like He just finds the way to get the most out of everyone. Exactly. And can make people we'd never heard of, like Derek White. We didn't hear Derek White in that. All of a sudden, we see him in the playoffs playing great. Right. And then –
0: Which is – I expect to see this team in the first or the second round of the playoffs.
1: It would be weird to see this Spurs not in the playoffs. Right.
0: I expect to see them in the first and or the second round of the playoffs no further, though. It would have to be an upset. Um, I love LaMarcus Aldridge. I love this team. I think they're very good. I think they're a playoff caliber team,
1: but I think that's the cap at a playoff caliber team. Definitely agree with that. So let's move on to the defending NBA champions. ah uh-huh. The, the Toronto Raptors, completely Two, different roster. Two Pete, they're going for the championship it's this time. You got to get Patrick McCall's four Pete.
0: Patrick McCall has yet to go a season in the NBA without winning a championship. He's got three rings. He's been in the season three years. Better than Michael Jordan. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks so much for tuning in. We're glad. <laughs> no, um, obviously, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan. I'm not a bandwagon, been a Toronto Raptors fan for a few years now, so last year was fantastic. First ring in franchise history, we're hyped about that. But they you lose Kawhi for basically nothing. So now you take this team that only won a championship because Golden State was injured. Had Golden State been at their full 100% capacity, that's a 4-1 gentleman sweep. Like only reason we won the championship is because of entries. So now, at the, at the guard position, though, I'm excited for Kyle Lowry's leadership. He's a floor general. It's what he does. He is Toronto now that DeMar's not there. He's going to lead. Van Vliet proved himself now that he had a child.
1: Uh, unfortunately, I would love to see them play together in the starting lineup. Lowry and Van Vliet, but that's just—they're both at what six feet tall. It's just too small. No, too small. I like them both, but like, it would be too short of a lineup. I would. Right. Norman Powell's great though. You—you you would much rather see him as your sixth man instead of in your starting lineup.
0: Yes, you would. But um, so so yeah, you've got Lowry leading this team. He is Toronto now that there are no more <laughs> superstars there. However, you do have Siakam on the come up. So the starting lineup is going to be Lowry, Powell, a healthy. Hopefully, Ananobi, if Ananobi is healthy and good, he's going to continue. Definitely developing. underrated. Because he was he was very, very good before that injury. Very good. And he was developing and constantly on the rise every single game. And then he got injured, unfortunately. But if he comes back healthy and continues that development, then all of a sudden you're looking at a Siakam-Ananobi team and we still have Mark Gasol and Serge Ibaka which is so flipping great
1: two great defenders both have improved their jump shots throughout the years yes if mark i only think my only problem with mark gasol is if he wanted to keep Kawhi, he shouldn't have opted into his deal he probably should have taken less but you can never complain about someone going to get more money oh yeah stanley johnson maybe can be a good player for them hasn't done much in his nba career yet That's right
0: Um, So this team, I think what the driving force for this team is momentum and chemistry. When you look at the Toronto Raptors and you see them succeeding, that is why. Momentum, chemistry, and development. Because this this Raptors team, even though we do have old guys like Van Vliet, Ibaka, and Gasol, there's a lot of development that's going to be happening every single game. We're developing Van Vliet. We're developing Norman Powell. We're developing Ananobi and Patrick McCall. Obviously, Patrick McCall didn't do anything for us, like, ever. He averaged, like, two points. Um, Pretty
1: sure he'll play, like, one minute in the whole finals. Exactly. Uh, you got Hollis we're, Jefferson, too. We're, de- we're developing Siakam. He was a first-round pick a couple years ago. Hollis
0: Jefferson, Boucher. Um, so, obviously, I have Raptors at my, like, four, five, or three in the East. But that's because they're in the East. Um, I just, like... I, th- I think the Raptors are going to be better than the Nets, Magic, Detroit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but when it comes to high-level, high-caliber play, having to watch Kyle Lowry and Norman Powell guard some of these other elite guard positions, I just, I just don't see us surviving. right? I don't see us surviving against high-level, high-caliber uh, teams um, that are in the East, so like the Sixers, Bucks, and Celtics. I feel like those are going to be good games. But I think when it comes down to it, without momentum, without chemistry, without development, this Raptors team really isn't all that anymore.
1: might be able to see how good Nick Nurse really is. With a right. Without a, a true superstar, we might be able to see more of his game planning, more of his system go into effect with Siakam and Gasol, Ibaka. I thought he was great for, for them last season, Nick Nurse. Oh, yeah. Maybe he turns into one of these best coaches in the NBA after the season. If he can get the most out of this roster, which would probably be battle for seed, I agree with that. Just because the East is the East, right. and then they still got they got a good mix of young and old. They got great role players or great veterans, sorry, with some young players like Siakam, Van Vliet, McCall, uh, Ananobi. But that takes us next into our next team, the Utah Jazz, mm. who had a major. Upgrade at the point guard position, which has been a weak point for them. The GOAT himself, Mike Conley. The
0: GOAT himself, he says. It
1: broke my heart when he left Memphis, but I understand we had to go with the younger generation. <laughs> but Donovan Mitchell is going to take a step up this year. He may be making his first all-star team. I would like to see that. That would be
0: fantastic.
1: Lots of shooting with Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, yep. Conley, Mitchell, and then Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. We know he's a three-point sniper. Yeah, he's not a three-point sniper. <laughs> That's the last thing he is. But they have the ability to go small with Bogdanovich, Ingles, Mitchell, Conley, maybe Dante Axum or Emmanuel Moutier in there somewhere. Right. Going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to be up in the top of the West. I don't know if they're going to make, necessarily make the finals or the Western, Western Conference finals, but they're going to be a competitive team in the West.
0: Right. Like, Like, I think – I think the West is like split up into two categories almost. I think you've got your top four teams and you've got your bottom four teams. And I think it's literally split up in a, in a skill cap. Um, obviously in the West you've got Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, and Rockets. I think those are your top four. I think those are your teams that are going to be um, the superstar teams, bringing in the all the power, all the momentum, all the, uh, the high-caliber plays. Um, and then you've got teams such as Jazz, potential – Jazz, potentially the Trailblazers, Golden State, Spurs, some of the other teams that are in the West because it is so crowded. I think the Jazz is one of the top teams. Like, I think the Jazz is on the same level as the Trailblazers and as Golden State. Um, I'm really, really excited to see what the leadership of Mike Conley can bring to Donovan Mitchell. You have a super athletic, super fast, super wild Donovan Spida Mitchell who now has a floor general and Mike Conley who kept the Memphis Grizzlies relevant. Um, now that you see these two guys together, followed by um, Joe Ingles, Bogdanovich, who are very good forwards to have on your team. knockdown um,
1: shooters as well.
0: And then you, you're locked up on defense, and you have a decent amount of depth. Dante Axum coming in as guard, Moutier, who I really enjoy. Um, small forward and power forward, you're going to be struggling with depth there. Um, But I I really like this Utah Jazz team. I think they have a lot of momentum, Um, like I just said about the Raptors. I think that this team is is an underdog. And I think if you sleep on the Jazz, they will prove you wrong. Now, obviously, I think they're a second-round playoff team. Maybe have the upset to make an appearance at a Western Conference Finals. No way they win it, though. I think this team just is young. And I think they finally got some leadership. And I'm excited to see what Spida can do now that he actually has some resources available to him.
1: Utah Jazz got a great roster. They need that star. And if Donovan Donovan Mitchell can become that star, the ceiling of his teams could be a finals champion. We need to see him take that step up, be more dominant, close games, be a leader. But we don't know that yet. We got to see him take that step. Mike Conley going to be a great leader for them, can shoot, can get everyone involved. Utah Jazz have that just move-the-ball offense. It's so exactly. just great. Got great shooting. All of, Everyone on this team can defend. It's going to be a tough knockout for them. Right. I think they could make things difficult for one of these top teams in the West.
0: Now, when you say finals
1: champion, do you mean Western Conference finals or do you mean, like, winning the chip? I'm saying if Donovan Mitchell is a superstar, if he can develop into that, they could win it. You, they could win it all. This roster is a nice roster. You are on something different. I'm not saying they're going to do that this year. I'm saying if he becomes a star, they can do that. Donovan okay. Mitchell is dynamic. He can slash. He can get people involved. He can shoot.
0: So I, I, I think that. I, I think that whatever. I think that this year, the Western Conference Finals are essentially going to be your NBA Finals game. Because whatever team comes out of the West is just going to monster truck whatever team comes over, out comes out of the East. Like because if you think about it, your Western Conference Finals could could potentially be like Clippers, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, Lakers, Jazz, Clip. I mean, any of that sounds better than Seventy Six or Bucks, Bucks, Celtics, Celtics, Raptors, Raptors, Pacers, Raptors. Like so, I, I think that you're right. If the Jazz somehow make it out of the West, then they have a pretty good probability of winning it all. I just don't see the Jazz making it out of the West at all. Not
1: this season. I I think that making it to the finals is a couple years down the road. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not saying for this year at all. Oh, yeah. They could make the Western Conference Finals. I would think that would be interesting.
0: You know what would be wonderful for this team? If they picked up DeMar DeRozan. No. (laughs) Yes, dude. You smack in DeMar DeRozan at small forward, and then you have Joe Ingles coming off the bench who can give you some more depth and who can help support that shooting that you lost whenever you put DeMar DeRozan in there. If somehow they kept Bogdanovich, that would be crazy. I doubt they would, though. Um, and if, they had, if you had Conley Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and then you smacked in DeMar DeRozan, that would be a decent team.
1: You do realize Donovan Mitchell's better than DeMar DeRozan, right? So
0: let's move on <laughs> to our next team.
1: <laughs> Probably one of the worst teams in the league, the Washington Wizards. <laughs> they did get Isaiah Thomas, though. I'm upset
0: with, with you. <laughs> okay. Um, if we weren't near the end, we'd have a 20-minute debate about that. But let's move on. Washington Wizards rip John Wall, and I think we can end it there.
1: That's, it's, this is the Bradley Beal team. It's one on five, Bradley Beal versus all. Right. Isaiah Thomas, not the same guy from Boston. He's, I don't think he's ever going to get back to that level. They do have Hachimura, who knows what to expect from him. He could be great. He could yeah. be a bust. Not much expectations from him. Ish Smith starting, maybe? After that, there's nothing else on this yeah. roster. <laughs> there's
0: nothing else. I, I honestly, though, like, I, I do like Hachimura's game. He was very, very critical in his team's role in in, in the Final Four and and pushing through like that. Hachimura is a great player. I think he was great in college. If he continues that trend, if he can develop, if he can adapt into what the NBA expects of a player, Hachimura would be nice. The only problem is he's playing for the Wizards that now don't even have John Wall.
1: I think the important thing with Hachimura is not to overreact to his rookie season. It might not be good or it could be great thing is, if it's bad, it's just because he's on the Wizards. If it's good, it's just because he's on a bad team. These could just be false numbers.
0: Right. Um, when when you look at a team and you say the superstars of that team are Bradley Beal and an incoming rookie in Hachimura, you have a big, big problem. I think this is my bold prediction. I don't really know if I'm 100% sure about it, just because there are pretty – there are a lot worse teams. The Washington Wizards have the potential to be the worst team in the NBA. 100%.
1: In all of this, I don't want to make it seem like we don't like Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal is still a great player. Oh, yeah. He's just by himself out there. All these teams are going to be doubling him, trapping him, whenever they get the chance. Yeah. He might take 30 shots a game. I don't know who else is going to be taking shots for them. For sure. And that John Walls, I think Dory's Achilles is, is just brutal for someone who relies on that speed so much. I don't think he's going to be back this season. They're going to be just trying to get that number one pick for the draft. Yeah, Maybe trade uh, Bradley Beal to one of these Western Conference teams or someone else in the East just to get some more draft picks. Would have liked that for them. I don't think Bradley Beals in there should be in their long-term, long-term future as it's going to take a while to get back to playoff contention.
0: Yeah. Um, Obviously, I'm aware that you have the Cavaliers, that you have the Hornets, you have um, some of these other – the Bulls. You know, you have some of these other teams that are just really, really not good. But with most of the other teams that I've stated just now, except for maybe the exception in, like, the Cavaliers and maybe the Hornets, they at least have some depth in their starting five. This team's starting five is Bradley Beal. If Hachimura doesn't come in and do be really, really great, it's just Bradley Beal. All you do then is you double team Bradley Beal and you don't even have a, a competition anymore.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be a rough year for it if you're a Wizards fan out there. For sure. Just hope for the hope for the number one pick, hopefully those ping pong balls fall your way yeah. and something changes, maybe you get the next Zion or something, but this year it's going to be a rough one to watch.
0: Rough one to watch for sure. So that concludes our top 30 analytics for this 2019 2020 preseason uh, debate. I don't really, I wouldn't really maybe call just, it a debate, but just, just talking about each team, analyzing
1: what we think they're going to be. Right. These are our analytics for sure.
0: Um, so th- this is what our first two episodes have been about. Make sure that if you did not check into part one, we talk about the, top, or the, the first 20 teams in the NBA. Um, you definitely don't want to miss that. We talk about some of the big hitters, including Lakers, Clippers, Rockets. Um, so make sure you go check that out. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our um, part two of our analytics for the 2019-2020 season. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Who's got Next underscore podcast. That's Who's Got Next underscore podcast. Also, if you enjoyed, please leave a good review on whatever platform you listen in on, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Finally, be sure to check out Choir Boy Cam's new album, Growing Pains. And with that said, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Who's Got Next, and enjoy a few seconds of Inconsistent by Choir Boy Cam.
1: Don't rain me, that's a harmony. Just switch up the song. Like I Can't hear me. I'm wasting my time. My consistency.